Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-Halloween bloody good horror. It's that time of year where we begin anew and mourn what is gone. Feeling introspective tonight. We're here tonight <laughs> to review uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So we will get introspective about Pete Davidson. And we'll talk about that here shortly. But first up, joining me from Indiana, please welcome Casey to the show. Hello. From Memphis, Tennessee, please welcome Elizabeth back to the show. Hey, y'all. And finally tonight, from the bucolic Pacific Northwest, please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. I just like having new areas to describe. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's just get to it. Pete Davidson. What do you think of Pete Davidson, Casey? <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. I'm just still as SNL diehard. I've liked his uh, time on there. It's mm -hmm. different. Not for everybody. I get it, but I like him. Oh, Pete He's Davidson. Pete Davidson lightning round. Elizabeth, go. Um, you know, I am amazed by his, like... In this movie, there's a line where he's like, I mean, like, I fuck. Like, I look like I fuck or whatever. That's, like, my brand. I feel like he just, like, wrote like wrote that himself. Like, that's sort of the vibe he gives. I read these tabloids at the salon I work at. And, like, he has been with, like, every amazing starlet of our times. It's, it's impressive. I don't know. Like, he's just a dude who's just like, here I am. And it's hilarious. And uh, ladies like it. I like it. Ariel. Yeah, I'm kind of with Casey. I think he's really funny. His stuff on SNL always cracked me up. And he's he's good at like self-deprecating humor. And the fact that he can make 9-11 jokes that actually make you laugh is pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's pretty funny. I liked those vignettes he used to do uh, when he would do like those. They were almost little mini stand-up routines. Like on the yeah, news. Yeah, when he was, he was on like the news. Young guy yeah. on the... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say he does have the world's literal worst tattoos ever that they covered up in this movie. Potentially tediously, I would guess. But well, I think I read tediously. He started getting some removed, didn't he? Yeah, but like he's got nothing in this movie. And there's a scene where he's in the yeah. pool. So like I'm I'm gonna guess that took quite a while. Or they yeah, used some CGI or something. Yeah. Either that or it's been sitting on a shelf for a long time. <laughs> No, I don't think it's been that long. I think I was reading an article actually about like how, because I think he actually cited the difficulty in covering them up as partially why he was trying to get them removed. But like then they never fully go away. I feel like you're still going to. Right. Yeah, and I, mean, I had a roommate who did that. She got a tattoo removed and yeah, it didn't ever. Like, unless it's it just like, looks like, unless it's like a swastika really or something, just leave it. <laughs> like, well, don't even fade it. It's like, in some spots, I guess it was like completely removed. It just looks very modeled. I feel like it That's looks like smudgy use. or something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we got Pete Davidson talk out of the way. So let's take a quick break <laughs> and talk about bodies, bodies, bodies. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Fuck the front time. I just fully realized that Schnorz isn't here, and I never requested a word of the day from anyone. Sure didn't. So, <laughs> no word of the day for this evening. Uh, but I will be happy to synopsize this movie, although uh, I don't know anyone's names, so get prepared for nicknames. Um, <laughs> bodies, Bodies, Bodies is about a group of young, vapid New Yorkers 
I think that's a fair term to use, um, who are planning to get together at one. So they're all rich, basically. That becomes sort of a plot point later on. And they are planning to get together at the house of specifically Pete Davidson's fan, like father's house. Uh, big, a huge, huge mansion, I assume, in like the Hamdens or something um, to ride out the hurricane together. And it's cut <clears throat> as the movie picks up where like they're hanging out in a pool, drinking, doing drugs, and like, the hurricane is imminent at that point. Um, also joining them. So one of the friends brings along her girlfriend who's new to the group. Um, and this is a friend who had disappeared for a while, was in rehab. So there's like some question around her sort of deal. If you guys can remember these names, please feel free to chime in. The one who went to rehab is Sophie. Got it. Thank you. Um, and then also, amazingly, I was totally surprised to see Lee Pace in this movie. He's like one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Um, he is playing so just himself, but like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. He's like dating one of these young kids. So this kid, these kids are probably in their early 20s, maybe. And, he's, and they talk way too much about how old he is. And I'm like, <laughs> looking up how old he is. I'm like, y'all. He's probably... Well, they're like, they're like, what's he like, 40? <laughs> 40. Like, okay. As, as will you be one day. Right. So you just calm down. Um, so he's like a great wild card in this movie. And yeah, so, uh, so we should just say spoilers because this is like a, a murder whodunit kind of situation. Um, at one point, kind of at the end of the first act, Pete Davidson dies. We don't know how um, someone has killed him our people think and it just devolves from there it devolves into like a agatha christie-esque like uh, disc you're skating an important part can i jump in <laughs> so it's a hurricane <laughs> party and to um entertain themselves along with copious amounts of drugs and sure. alcohol regard i mean they i guess don't care that their friends fresh from rehab they decide to play this game that they're all pretty familiar with bodies 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 it's a real thing um that goes by other names it's like a assassin mafia mafia, yeah werewolf um and you Uh, draw cards one of them's the killer you get tapped on the back you're dead so they're playing this game and somebody shows up actually dead that's really funny because okay so i skipped it totally not i mean like i remembered while watching this movie i was like forget murder being forced to play a game at a party is my worst nightmare. And then you just said <laughs> werewolf. And I remember Casey, we people played this in one of our spooky people vacations. And I oh, did yeah. I did not play. <laughs> yeah. No, that was Stalker. a staple in our in our group. So <laughs> like I remember so somebody being like time. You want to play werewolf? And I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm in the city set. of Memphis in Midtown, in like the scene, the music scene I was in, we played uh, assassins and it was like basically citywide and you, like I was getting gas one night and somebody came up and like tapped me on the back like two days after it started and That's I was so dead cool. and I was like, well, damn, <laughs> well now it's not that much fun. But like I had two really cool roommates at the time and we'd be getting ready to go out and everybody's like, I don't know if I even can like go to this thing tonight because like I know Brent's going to be there and I'm pretty sure he has my name because he killed whoever, whatever. Like it was this whole thing. It was <laughs> It was kind of fun. <laughs> okay, I'm telling you more about this later. All right. Um, so yeah, so they're playing the game. Um, and then while all this is happening, right, pretty much right away, we're starting to see all the like cracks in the social fabric of this group. The game sort of inflames a lot of that. And then once they find Pete Davidson, like it all just blows up. They start, you really start seeing everyone's issues come out. Um, 
They, it's like if Lena Dunham wrote an Agatha Christie story, basically. That's a good time. <laughs> um, so there you go. And uh, we'll get to, you know, what happens later on, later on. But first up, Casey, you want to tell me what you thought? Uh, yeah, this was, I've been looking forward to this one. I like a good, uh, it felt, the trailer felt slashery. I like Pete Davidson, so I figured it'd be fun. And it's not a bad movie. I didn't necessarily dislike it, but I think it did get overhyped for me a bit and didn't quite live up to that hype for me um i got the joke they were going for and everything and i understand that you know that the characters are supposed to be unlikable and whatnot and i didn't have any that big of a problem with it it's just overall i don't feel like it did anything too new as far as those kind of movies go i think it was kind of predictable at to an extent and um yeah it just didn't wow me i enjoyed it though ariel Yeah. So first of all, I'm just glad to be on this episode and getting a chance to talk about this movie because we covered it on More Deadly um, a little while ago, but I had an emergency and had to bow out and the lovely Elizabeth took my place as co-host. So it's fun to be able to actually talk about it now. I know. I'm Um, glad that we're on this one together. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, first of all, I just love the whole premise of this movie. I'm a sucker for murder mysteries. It's like my favorite thing. And especially the kind where it's like a locked in cozy mystery. Everybody's trapped somewhere and people start, you know, dying and you have to figure out who has done it. That's my favorite thing. And I feel like this is definitely a very bloody (laughs) Gen Z version of like, and then they were none, like you were saying, an Agatha Christie novel. And so for that alone, I I love it. And I get what Casey's saying about it being a little predictable. I did guess the ending of it, but I didn't know exactly how it happened. And so it kept being fun for me. Um, Yeah. And I don't know, there's also just this like lightness and fun to it, but it also has some kind of, very entertaining biting satire about Gen Z and kind of, you know, internet culture that I felt like did keep it a little fresher. So I don't know. I had fun with this one. Elizabeth. This is okay. So this is kind of a tough one for me. And it's interesting that I'm talking about it sort of on air twice now because I've watched it twice now. And with each viewing, having time to sort of think about it has changed a little bit, I guess, my opinion of it. So not to get too spoiler heavy right off the top, but um, this is something akin to like a deconstructed slasher, I would say. Um, I don't realize how dear to my heart the slasher movie is until I see something like this that try, that does subvert it so intensely, where I got almost Tucker and Dale vibes once the twist is revealed. Like, I want my horror like somewhat mean-spirited in a way that you can't achieve when the the people we're watching are their own foils. So I did find a lot to unpack in just the way that they spoke to each other. I think it's incredibly mm. smartly written. Um, and it was, it was entertaining to watch. It's hard for me to really put this in the category of like a horror movie. Yeah, for really? reasons, but like, I've heard and, other and people I say that, Casey, I, that I, I don't really, really went that. into this wanting like barbarian levels of excitement, and it did not get me there. So, like, there was that working against it, I guess, just the hype, which is not its fault. I don't really, I've heard a couple of people say they wouldn't. In fact, somebody on Instagram today was like, I don't consider this a horror film. I don't really understand that. I feel like there's plenty of other movies with the, this exact same kind of premise that we would just yeah. as easily like. 
Do people not want to own it because they just hate these Gen Z characters? Like, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Th- for me, no. I I appreciate a lot of the moments they're giving us with the like very like fuzzy, like the gaslighting and like, oh, what's next? Are you going to call me a narcissist? Like, <laughs> was really it is very on the nose and very like, uh, like I I feel seen in ways like even though I'm not like necessarily one of them. And then, uh, you know, definitely was Googling other things that I did. It went totally over my head. But like, oh, like that what? doesn't what leave a bad Google? taste in my mouth. Like, I don't mind that it's young or trying to be like, cool. What did you Google? Um, I don't remember. Oh, I love, I love knowing that. I'll like, have to think about to it. I, was like, um, <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I was looking forward to this a lot and then had seen, maybe I had a, like a reverse um, experience to Casey where like, Lately, I've seen a bunch of people coming out just kind of being like, yeah, it was fine. But like, man, I loved this movie. I think it's actually fantastic. That's so interesting. I was really wondering what you thought of those. We haven't talked. I've realized like there's a specific kind of thing I like where it reminded me, this is going to sound weird. It reminded me of this movie we did in 2020 called The Rental, where these people are in an Airbnb. Yeah. Almost nothing happens in that movie for like an hour, but it's so tense because they set up these really interesting interpersonal relationships where you can feel the tension about to break at like any given moment. And they do the same thing here. Like from moment one, you can tell that all of these relationships are about two inches deep. And so, you know, when the shit goes down, it's going to break down. And it's just a matter of like, well, how's it going to break down? Right. And then what's going to come out? What are we going to find out? I, Lee Pace is like one of my favorite actors. He's on, um, I haven't even actually even seen him in a lot, but he's on Halt and Catch Fire and like just carries that show. Like he, I mean, there's a lot of amazing actors in that show, but he's, he's really so good. good. He's um, always the pie maker to me. What's that? P- Pushing Daisies. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's that. right. I forgot yeah. that was him. But that's he is such, show. he's like such a great addition to this cast because he's just the character is a wild card and he does so well at making you uneasy. Like you cannot get a read on this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is he sinister? Is he just some kind of like airhead? Like, and because he's older than them, there's a, almost like a coding of like, he doesn't something, speak the language of the locals. Like, right. you, yeah, you can't really place like, he, what I, is it I love, about him. I love him in this. Um, he's probably my favorite part of it. I also, um, I really enjoyed the, girl who's like the girlfriend that could the um foreign girl why don't did we decide where she's from or not really just the one girl's like are you from russia are you from moscow (laughs) um (laughs) she's another another actor again who like so that's what this movie does really well is set up the red herrings which is kind of what the all attention is about like you there you really it i think believably in moments makes you believe it could be anyone with the exception of the one friend who's kind of like the weak one, the one uh, that the last one who gets killed. Like I never really, they never really make you think it could be her, but, uh, but what I love is she's sort of like a cipher for the audience and she also helps fill in the gaps. So like, she'll be like, wait, that's right. Like you weren't there when this happened, blah. And she's really easily swayed by like whoever the last person is who's like tried to convince her they're not the killer. Uh, it's also really, really funny. Like Pete Davidson is super funny. Um, his that whole speech you were talking about, Elizabeth, is so good. Um, <laughs> hilarious, yeah. <laughs> that is good. Even once he's gone, though, like the um, I am fascinated by 
Uh, what does he say? I'm sorry. What does he say? He's like, all that means you calling me a narcissist is that you like read the internet you have or Twitter. you have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was a really good line. Um, uh, but also like he's, he's scary in that moment. Like he mm-hmm. crosses the line, he punches the wall. Like everybody kind of freaks right, out right. and like, um, I was really fascinated by like how, um, therapy literate all these people are but like to a fault to like where they're sort of over intellectualizing the things that are happening to them and and i love the way that plays out in this final um reveal conversation between i think it's just three or four of them left and then four and then three maybe where all the dirt really comes out and like they start getting really nasty with each other and like that's so good that whole kind there's so much pathos in that conversation and it almost like it's like a family guy joke. Like it goes on long and then it like comes back around again. I feel like to be really fascinating in the end. Um, all leading up to that reveal, which I did. So the reveal, we can, I'll just say it. The reveal is that Pete Davidson accidentally killed himself. So everyone who died after that either was killed because of paranoia or accidentally killed. Um, I did at one point think like, it would be really funny if Pete David, like, Pete Davidson did not get murdered or something. But mm-hmm. the reveal is they do such a good job of making you think something sinister is going on that the reveal. But here's what's so great. So Lee Pace does this thing right out the gate where he's like, does that like samurai sword chop of the champagne to be like, there's so whatever. much great like, foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. So then Pete Davidson throws his like man baby tantrum and goes off and dies. We don't see how, but then later we see on, on TikTok, right? Because or it's like on his phone on his that he phone. was taking a video for TikTok, yeah, yeah. where he's trying to like, oh, I'll show them. I'm gonna out <laughs> the internet everybody and like do this awesome stunt. And he's trying to do the chop with the sword outside and chop it, like slices his neck. It's, so and it's so good. It's really funny and it, it is very layered and it, very like the visual toxic masculinity essentially like is what killed. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, because he's trying to be cool like Lee Pace was. Like, and he, yeah. there's so much like that he's like threatened by him. The the visual gag of him cutting his neck is so fucking good. Like, it goes on just long enough, and then you start to see he turns the blade toward him because he can't pop the cork, and you're like, oh shit, oh <laughs> no. shit, and he's like, oh, I know, <laughs> that he does it a couple times. I know. Oh, and you're you're just like watching <laughs> so the other characters do it. Um, but yeah, I can't say enough about Lee Pace in this movie. He. The scene where he's like wearing this horrifying light mask and they confront him thinking he's the killer. Man, he is so good at being like, yeah, like really good. in the end, right? Once you get the reveal, what you know is like, he's just a weird dude. Like he's just an mm-hmm. intense dude. Right. But in the moment of them coming at him and him being, he's trying to deescalate, but he's also trying to like defend himself a little bit. But yeah. he's also real freaky. Like when he thinks they're fucking with him and he starts going, Ooh, like he's getting up. Oh, he's pretending to be a werewolf. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because they're essentially working from two different perspectives. Like he has no idea that they think he's a murderer because he doesn't know anybody died and they think he's likely the killer. And so when he starts acting like a werewolf, they all start screaming because they think he's <laughs> going to kill them. And he's just being a goofball and a weirdo, you know? And like that, the when he, when he dies in that scene was so shocking. Like, I love the way they do it by obscuring what happens at first. Yeah. yeah. And it's great to he, see his face. He it's acts great. it so well. I, my jaw dropped, um, like before the show, Ariel, when you were talking about how you euthanize hamsters. 
<laughs> like I had, that's exactly oh the physical reaction I had to that moment when he dies. I uh, know. I kind of wish that convo was linear. Um, well, listen, <laughs> that's why you got to be a patron so you yeah, can check out the pre-show. Um, but yeah, I loved this movie. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, it's just really good. Uh, you do yeah. absolutely have to be willing to spend time with some like real shithead characters. But like I watched all of girls. So like I'm not I can do this. <laughs> You've trained yeah, well. well. I mean, there's really yeah, a I lot of watching girls once and I couldn't do it. I just, there's yeah, a weird there's, there's a, a weird watchability to those types of characters that I don't know what it says about me. But like it's a self. I, I think it's for me, that. it's like so, it taps into my own self-loathing or something. Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's, yeah, I just think it's interesting, too, because we have like strong, complex female characters in a, in a lot of shows. But I think it's also interesting to have super flawed, really annoying female characters too or that kind of women behaving badly trope like everybody's an asshole in this movie well i think you i mean i think you largely like it's in some ways i think that um the foreign girl hey i wish i could call her something what's her name ariel i'm sure you know b like this is b like she is she is innocent enough coming off Mm -hmm. in all of this that like she's you can she can be your cipher in some way right um in some ways but she's also somebody who sort of lied and manipulated her way into a relationship and she murders two people well but eventually i'm talking like through most of the movie though that's like third act kind of reveal stuff but yeah that's the actual like part that did impress me with this movie and the way it's written is they throw so much information at you that it's hard to pin down exactly what was going on, especially if you hadn't figured out the idea of, you know, Pete's demise. Uh, they get, they mix it up because as soon as you start thinking it's probably this person, then you see something happening that it was obviously not them. They couldn't have been in that room when it happened or something like that. Or there was an accident like with one of, you know, with B or stuff like that. So they keep you on your toes because you can't really pinpoint one well technically it's not any of them so they i mean they do a good job of making you think it could be and keeping you guessing it doesn't hurt that it's mostly lit with iphones by the actor like it's very yeah. i love that um and very inventive and sort of unique i think the way that they create this almost like hitchcockian feel with the shadows and the light with this like ultra modern Mo- trope ultra. of them all having their phones even though they don't have wi-fi they've all got their flashlights right yeah, yeah I think. basically just the flashlight on their phone and right. glow sticks i mean in the stingers like <laughs> right like you really do get these moments almost like uh like rebecca-esque mm-hmm. where yeah. you know, cool. And I yeah. loved it. Uh, I can't think of the girl's name, but the one girl with the longer uh, brown hair that was wearing the glow necklaces and bracelets. Alice. That I loved that that in the makeup of this movie, how she always stood out even in the shadows because she always had those necklaces going. I thought that was yeah. a funny touch too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that staircase scene I thought was really good too. And that was actually the moment where I sort of guessed what was happening in it because. Well, I, it was, it's because that scene where like the blood is on the staircase made me think of the documentary, The Staircase, Uh. which then made me think of the (laughs) owl theory. And so then I was thinking, oh, it's probably not anybody. You're smarty. What's what's the owl theory? The owl theory is that the husband didn't kill her with the blow poke. Instead, an owl did it, (laughs) which I know sounds ridiculous, but they did find owl feather. Like, yeah, Eric, we should watch this. Is this about a movie? It's a, it's a documentary. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's f- interesting, too, like what the 
there's definitely an age gap that's going on with this movie, and it's the way they've cut it. It's felt like you, we've all said it's pretty focused on that Gen Z thing. It's something that I, you know, being Gen X and pushing fifty, I don't fully understand. So I think there was, I think that's part of the reason. I mean, why I'm forty. Is, I don't understand twenty year olds either. Like we're not. No, but you're closer than I am, and I think that's why part of why it didn't live up to the hype. For me, just because some, I think, I think there's fair. a lot that went over my head. I also, I, I, I also a have a great beard. Yeah. I think they're purposefully making a movie with a really specific voice and understanding that that's going to. Yeah. I think and though, I'm not somewhat isolate. I guess I would counter argue yeah. that, like, while there is some of that, I think that uh, there's a lot of like. I think one of the most interesting aspects to me is the class stuff that runs through it, which I think is pretty yeah. universal in some ways. Like, yeah, there's there was that, some that, really that good one. moments. One of the funniest conversations. Rich people have guns. One of the <laughs> funniest. Guns, my friend, come to the south. One of the funniest conversations the in the movie. The and all the rich people is in the third act when like um, everybody's like going at each other. It's all coming out, and one girl's like. <sighs> You guys, like, we're all rich, but you're, like, rich, rich. And then she was, like, you, well, if she comes out and she's, like, you're, you're, like, love this, like, rags to riches story. Like, I have news for you. Your up parents are upper middle class. And she's, like, <laughs> no, they are not. And she's, like, uh-huh. they're professors. <laughs> yeah. And then they says at a university. And she says public. Public. <laughs> I feel like the way she says public with, like, disdain in her voice is yeah, so I'm amazing. trying to, like, win that conversation oh my god really cool. I love that. yeah i think that's what's interesting is that when when they're like shouting at each other and claiming stuff it's like anytime they're on the defensive they just throw something back that's totally like chronically online language to mm-hmm. each other like saying yeah. you're ableist for calling her a psychopath or you know talking about <laughs> so mental illness. oh yeah your mom has border like what was that one was yeah like, oh my gosh that's like really serious <laughs> right in the or middle of this when, like, she in the middle like that line, Elizabeth, is in the middle of this argument where they're trying to figure out who the murderer is. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my gosh. The same conversation where they're told, one character tells another that somebody hate listens to their podcast <laughs> because that both made me laugh so hard and also like I would die. I would cry. It's like your worst fear if you've ever spoken oh, yeah. into a microphone. Like that's yeah. All the like, stuff about podcasts uh, was hilarious. Yeah, right. It was so hard work because you have to it's make a Google work. calendar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a good laugh out of that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, Alice even like, okay, so when Sophie says that she thinks that nobody would have a problem with her cocaine use if she wasn't a black woman, that her friend who's also using cocaine all the time is, you know, a white man and nobody has any issue with that. And so I thought that was really interesting. But Alice immediately goes on the defense and she's like, but I'm an ally. And then she can't think of like any explanation for why they would you know, say something different. So she just immediately changes the subject. I definitely hear you. That was interesting. Yeah. (laughs) It's like all those little fissures in their relationships that start to get bigger and bigger as it goes along. And you, you end up realizing that they basically all hate each other. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like, you know, they make gags about Lee Pace being older than everybody, but like, isn't Pete Davidson older than all those people? Like, I know he's, I know he's got a break, like young, young. I'm going to look at it. Yeah. He's like 30 by now. I I would think so. He's like my age, I think. I'm 38. No, he's 28. No, no I think he's younger Shut than up. that. Yeah, he was like 18. Oh, of course he is. Okay. He was like... my age, I'm at make myself feel better. He was like 18 when he got signed to SNL or something like that. Yeah, I think it was actually like 19. Yeah. Okay, so I guess not. I guess he's not that much older. I mean, that's part of the thing, too, when you think about it. <laughs> With me coming into this movie, I am Lee Pace. 
But Lee Pace, especially like Lee Pace you know, was cool. Lee, for you. Lee Pace was yeah. cool though. Yeah, he was yeah. partying. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> 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 but no, that's I related with him more than anybody, which is fine. And and again, I'm not saying that I'm not gonna. I have problems with movies like this. Like Eric, you mentioned getting through girls. You knew you could get through this. I couldn't get through girls. This There's is like when show. we. This is like when we reviewed Unfriended, and you were so angry. No, it's not. I'm not angry <laughs> about about this one. But like, there was another show out there, uh, Search Party. That was oh, yeah, very oh, stylistic like and stuff. Fun. I couldn't get through no, that either. Just because I, I can't connect to those kind of characters. And I think the irony of the humor they go with those kind of characters and those type of shows is probably lost on me. And I go straight to, well, these people are just insufferable. I, I tried I tried yeah. Search Party because we did that horror movie that they made. And I just I couldn't yeah. get into it. It was too, too out there for yeah. me. But that's saying, too, that's why I said I still enjoyed this movie. And I'm not knocking it. It doesn't have to be made for me. And I realize, and like Elizabeth was saying, it's kind of made for a pretty niche crowd, and that's fine. And you know, I we, think they did do a good job of what they're aiming for. I think it's great though. Like it is, it's it is super violent. Um, I think it's really suspenseful. Um, and again, like to me, even before anybody dies, I think it's a pretty suspenseful movie. Um, just from the way it's setting up, like these social, like the whole scene where they're slapping each other is so good. Okay. Yeah. And I like, had an interview movie. with, um, did the director write the screenplay also? I can't, it was whoever is responsible for the screenplay was saying they were like a theater kid and that's what they used to do to, like, before big performances <laughs> to like get themselves all amped. That's which funny. Makes yeah. Funny. Yeah, that's kind of- the, um, just a great acting moment. Like when Pete Davidson slaps, um, Lee Pace and Lee Pace gets up and you think he might like be going to attack him. He like, he's, Lee Pace has this look of like coolness on his face, but then for like a split second, he flashes like anger yeah. And then turns around and dude, I got like chills. That was such a creepy moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. And when again, it's just whole, like it, running, comp- like maybe he's been to war. I don't know. Like, yeah. And he's like, they're like, you <laughs> called him GI Joe. She's like, have you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love when you find out that he's just a veterinarian. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. A veterinarian. <laughs> so no, a vet assistant. Right. So right. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I mean, and yeah. the scene with Pete Davidson and Lee Pace where he said where Lee Pace says, you know, the best defense is a good offense. And then Pete yeah. Davidson keeps what does that trying mean? to force him to, to define it over and over yeah. again. Yeah, that scene made so me tense. so, so, so um, uncomfortable. Yeah, because he's obviously trying to put him on the spot, make him look stupid in front of everybody. It's such a cruel thing to do. And I feel like earlier in the movie, I saw Pete Davidson is more just this like goofy kind of stoner kid, you know, and I didn't necessarily see him as the rich kid until that scene and he's such an entitled jerk in that scene that i was like oh yeah there it is <laughs> yeah it's like in the sixth grade when you say like a band and some total asshole is like oh yeah what's your favorite song <laughs> yeah. why do you hate everything <laughs> i did love the way that the like the characters and the way these characters are together is like the highlight of this movie and the way it's mm-hmm. created, even though I don't get all the layers maybe of some of the humor and stuff they're going. These people are instantly, instantly obvious that they're at each other's throats and there's not true friendship there. Like Eric, you were saying it was, you know, not deep at all, these friendships. And 
the way that they escalated throughout the movie was really well crafted too. It started small and you could tell it was the petty stuff and people are just jabbing at each other. But then as they keep going, it gets more and more stressful. They start hitting on the hard stuff. Well, and that in itself, I think is part of what plays into the class angles in this film. Like the fact that it's like, I feel like it's making a statement about the way rich people sort of like collect friends. Um, and, and the way that those relationships tend to be not very deep. I'm sure it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, I think rich. that's, I think that's a good point. And I also think it's interesting how they categorize themselves, even within just like layers of richness, like they're obscenely mm-hmm. rich, but like you're rich, rich, and I'm just yeah. rich and you're upper middle class. And it's like, you guys, which <laughs> you're all I used to be rich, rich for a minute, you guys, in uh-huh. a previous life. That's super real. <laughs> that like, but they're no money that. and that's yeah. this and it's different <laughs> and that's family money. And I'm just like, gag me with a fork. Like this is all <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, I think the movie does a really good job with that. And it does make it like more interesting. And as somebody mm-hmm. who has never been wealthy and grew up without a lot of money, um, but had to go to school with a lot of rich kids, it felt familiar to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, even I'm in the same situation. Didn't I mean I grew up with the public school kindergarten teacher as a mother and you know, had great life, but we were not rich by any means. But we live near – there's a big like, nationally known uh, military academy near our town. So especially growing up working in that town and meeting those parents as they come bring their kids to town and stuff, it, it was definitely very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rich people. Who needs them, right? Um, any other any other moments we're missing here that stuck out to you guys? I saw people online sort of maligning the tagline of the, the this is not a safe space, the early kind of teasers for it. I thought that was really I, funny. I mean, I think it's thematic with the whole, you know, I the like, whole film yeah, is yeah. so much I about. I thought that was clever. more in keeping with all the commentary that mm-hmm. they make throughout the movie. I was going to yeah. say, and it's honest, too. It's not a safe place right. for any of them. <laughs> no. It's right. That, listen, that's a classic horror movie tagline, and then it's a double yeah. entendre. There you go, Casey. Yeah. Um, did anybody, I didn't recognize the director's name. Have we seen anything else from her? I don't believe so. I think she's a. She ha- okay. So I remember Rachel saying on more deadly, she has a ton of credits. This is her first English film. Oh, interesting. And then, okay. Do y'all remember the short story that went maybe a New Yorker? It was like very viral cat person. Everybody should read it after the show. Um, Whoever was responsible for writing that had a writing credit on this film as well, which tracks if anybody's familiar. I'm not. I'm going to keep it cryptic. (laughs) Check it out. I I really loved one more thing, just that line where they're hitting back and forth at each other. And I think it's Jordan says something to Sophie about her like writing that she's been doing about like her mom and her drug addiction. Oh, yeah. and she's just, like, Your feelings. It's creative nonfiction, which is a valid response to a life of attention economy. <laughs> <laughs> the way, man, I just love the way that conversation spirals and continues to get nastier and nastier. Like they all just light each other up. Oh it's, yeah. It's yeah. So until good. one finally shoots the other. Yeah. In the way. So her reaction to that was funny. One too. thing I missed actually, maybe you guys caught, and I was fully paying attention. I just guess like like another when I say that I mean I was not on my phone, but I must have just zoned okay. out for a second. <laughs> so when when we're our final two ladies, right, the couple, 
Yeah. There's a moment where it turns and B starts to get freaked out by Sophie. Is that the other girl's name? Mm-hmm. What happened? Like, did she say something that tricked her, tripped her off? Like, it was remember she goes, somebody told her to check Sophie's uh, yeah, text. Because there was a was it that she wouldn't let her see her phone, or did she actually look at yeah. her phone? No, I think she wouldn't she let, her let her see it, and they were fighting over it, and that's when they found Pete Davidson's phone. Because then but she yeah, goes she to touch her. Because- there's a moment where she goes to touch her, and she backs away. Whatever yeah, happened well, just before that, I missed. By missed, oh, I mean I was okay. looking right at it, and I don't know what happened. I think it's well, think, she wouldn't just give her her phone to be like, yeah, right. look, there's no text. We're yeah, not. yeah, it was a why don't you trust me? Know why to, yeah. yeah, she doesn't know how to trust her because she could be the murderer. But she's not only had Jordan say, like, we fucked and there's evidence of it on her phone. But she also remember she found that bra in Jordan's that was bag a great, of her room. Yeah. And then she found, yeah. like, the matching underwear in the car. So she knows that it happened. That was another great, like, callback that moment. Yeah. 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 That and the sword. Love it. Well, um, I guess that's it for bodies. Would you recommend this movie, Casey? Yeah, I'd say watch it. Ariel? Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth? Yeah, it's really smart. Very entertaining. Not maybe a horror movie, but it's watch it. Counter <laughs> Counterpoint. <laughs> it is a horror movie. Um, <laughs> and I can prove that because I would say yes, and I'm also about to put it on my top 10 horror movies Ooh, of the year. Go? So well, Eric has spoken. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. He's the and, arbiter of all truth. And that's, right. that's right. On this show, yes. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. The treat that's all trick. The nightmare that never ends. He came back to finish what they'll never forget. How do you kill what's not alive? Donald Pleasance. Jimmy Lee Curtis. The broadcast debut of Halloween 2. The night he came home. A debut network special presentation. Coming up next. Hey guys, this is Danielle Harris. You might know me from some of the Halloween movies, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. Man, we just got a real banger of an Instagram question, and I'm excited about that one. <laughs> but I digress. Um, Halloween just happened. Anybody do anything fun? Actually, wait, before we do that, let's do my top 10 quick. Here's your warning that I'm going to ask you all about Halloween. All right, so right, my current top 10 is Nope, X, Barbarian, Mad God, Spine of Night, Prey, Orphan, First Kill, Fresh, Pearl, and Watcher. I'm going to keep, so for now, I think I'm going to bump, I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to bump Watcher. I think I'm going to bump Pearl down to 10. I'm gonna put this at nine for now. 
Um, I think Prey might get moved further down the list at some point, but we'll save that for December. Here we are. <laughs> uh, all right. Anybody doing anything cool for Halloween? Casey, I saw you didn't dress up. Yeah, ours was pretty low-key this year. They, uh, Casey doesn't have quite as much energy uh, post-surgeries from the first of the year. but they. Uh, I didn't have surgery, but I feel you, bro. But the uh, I noticed something fun this year. Standing, I sat outside the whole time passing out candy. Colin, the kids were dressed up, but our neighbors across the street usually have you know their family over and hanging out in the garage. And they have like six kids, and their youngest is maybe ten or eleven. And I was watching him, and he's running around. He had a uh, he had a mask of that clown from American Horror Story, the carnival oh. version, oh, nice. three years ago. Yeah, and like, uh, and just like, kind of like a cape thing, and a machete was running around. But I was watching him, and learned that he'd been watching me over the years because he oh, was God. going and freezing, and standing like a statue, like a decoration, waiting for people to get close and jump out and scare him, which is what I've always done. And then oh, we had somebody in our neighborhood that used to do that, like a scarecrow. It was so much. I knew yeah. it was coming, and it scared the crap out of me every time. Yeah, no. Thank yeah, you. I've been doing. I've been doing that for years. So I, yeah. I saw that last. That, that night Passing i was like oh that's the, adorable he's keeping the tradition alive <laughs> and then his mom came over and he's taking skating lessons playing hockey or something and they had a halloween party and she said he was creeping all the kids out because all he'd do is put the mask on and stand there and stare at him oh, <laughs> like a weirdo so i gave him a fist bump and i handed him the bag of candy i'm like here take a big big handful <laughs> i love that fun yeah, we hung out in uh, the driveway carport area with the fire pit going and not quite as many trick-or-treaters as I would like, but I want it to be like the Halloween scene for me, T. And it's just not those days anymore. So, you know, I think about fun. that all the time. My daughter was a skeleton and she wanted me to be a skeleton too. So we did. She did her own makeup. It looked great. But at the end of the night, she asked me like eight times. She's like, so did you hear anybody say they were really scared of me? Did my makeup really scare anybody? You're adorable. You'll scare people when you get older. That's that's on brand. I like it. Yeah, I always wonder, like, we're we're hot because my neighborhood growing up was pretty busy for Halloween. Like, it was one of those neighborhoods where some people from other areas would come there. But like, was it as busy as? Is it just nostalgia and memory that I think right. it was like a movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it's yeah, because in tell. my mind it was, yeah. Just like no, I, think what you're tr- yeah. I think what you're trying to tell us is your parents were upper middle class and gave up those <laughs> candy bars. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, we got driven to the fancy neighborhood to trick or treat. So it was not a fancy neighborhood. There is, um, there was like this section, if you kind of walk away from my so there's like all these houses my parents were built in like the 70s i think and then but then at some point in the like 80s or 90s like rich people built cul-de-sacs off of the neighborhood and built their houses like in a circle and like they're all like four times bigger than anyone's house um they if you would walk down there which was scary because it was like you had to walk through like wooded areas basically you'd get like full candy bars if you walked all the way to their houses best yeah um yeah, did you do anything, Ariel? So I live in an apartment complex. So unfortunately, I get zero trick-or-treaters, even though there are a ton of kids who live here, which is always a bummer because I want to give out candy and see their little costumes. <laughs> but no, I just stayed home and I watched um, a bunch of the new Chucky TV show. And 
And, furiously um, binging currently as well. Yeah. Elizabeth and I are going on another podcast tomorrow to talk about that. I am digging it. I really, it's really, really good. It is. It is. Yeah. And then I watched Hocus Pocus too, because the original is such like a nostalgic fave. What do you think of the second one? I thought it was fun. I mean, I don't know that it's as good as the first one, but I think there's enough like throwback stuff. Totally. I, all that, I said this to a client whose hair was cutting. She like, I thought she was going to get up and leave. Like she was like, it was awful. What? And I was like, wow, what a oh, weird movie surprising. to have such a like. Did she like, <laughs> she liked the first it's not one? It's like it's some brilliant masterpiece. No, nostalgia really is what's fun. making you yeah. love this. She was a, one. she yeah. was a fan of the first one though, this lady. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I did have a little girl that's probably about eight dressed up as the uh, Bette Midler Sanderson sister. Mm-hmm. She what told me I needed fun. to trim my bushes. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, shut up, kid. Go away. <laughs> I watched. Um, so I am. Let's just say I'm on a Plex server where someone uploaded. Um, some wonderful genius of a person that I want to kiss on the lips um, took. When you told me what you were watching, I was like, <laughs> oh man, that's like Halloween. They took all of, like, I think every single episode of the original Monster Vision. So it started in 90, this collection starts in 96 and goes through like 2099 or 2000 amazing. or something. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And took the VHS recorded Joe Bob VHS segments and spliced in like Blu-ray quality movies of the movies and put the breaks in the right place or whatever. Um, so then it just cuts back to Joe Bob. So I was watching Friday the 13th part six, which is my favorite. And mm-hmm. then in the middle of it, I'm watching it. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm like, I was working and I, I, I had it over here. I hear something I've never heard before. And I was like, what the fuck? And I look over this brilliant just gem of a person has also put in like cutscene, like deleted like work print scenes into this movie that I've never seen, even though I, you know, I've seen this movie like 7 million times. So Winnie, I want to watch. That was pretty exciting. On that server. Um, like <laughs> deleted gore. And like, there's a couple of deleted dialogue scenes that were put into it. Nice. So that was super oh, funny. that's really cool. And I got to say, as a controversial statement here, Elizabeth knows what I'm going to say here. I I've, uh, I'm a huge fan of Joe Bob and I love the last drive-in. I think I prefer this format where he only had like 30 seconds to a minute to talk. Cause like on shutter, he just puts me to sleep. Like it's, I'm trying to make it through the movie, bro. Like I don't have, <laughs> I don't have 10 minutes every break to listen to your fucking old man rants. So yeah, but I like seeing him like, that was a, so harsh. I like seeing him on like a commercial break schedule, like every seven to <laughs> yeah, 12 minutes for 30 saying. seconds. It's delightful. Like that's all I want. That's all I need. We do watch the last drive in later where I feel like you have more energy to commit to the segments. Yeah. The one thing when it's live, you're asleep. The one thing I do like if the longer (laughs) format is he really gets to dig super deep on like trivia of the movies. Yeah. Lord. You get to learn shit. But like if it was just that, I think I feel differently. It's, it's the rants that I'm like, okay, we're good. I had to laugh. I don't, I don't, I don't need the bits is what I'm saying. I had to uh, laugh when Liz- Elizabeth was talking about you watching The Last Drive-In because uh, they had the Halloween special with Cassandra Peterson. Um, Eric, you were quite fired up, and I think you maybe lasted 10 minutes. No, no. That, well, no, no. I lasted 10 minutes in the chat because I, I can't do two things at once. Um, no, I actually – I might have seen we that whole movie. That whole – I think I made it for the whole one, yeah. yeah. The first one. What was the second one? Yeah, that towards w- the end, and I'm like, I haven't seen Eric post in No, I, yeah, I usually, I usually kind of trail off in the posting, but I did see that whole one. But I never get to see the second one. Like, 
that never really happens. But anyway, bloodygoodhorror.com. Uh, Mr. John Shelton is um, spearheading the website these days. I tried to get him on last week and he told me that he refused to watch Spirit Halloween. So in case we're wondering, Shelton, still Shelton. So there you go. But uh, I was taking a look. So there's a bunch of stuff you can check out there now. There's a review for Terrifier 2. Uh, Barbarian. There's a roundup of Fantastic Fest, which is going on. Um, our buddy Adam, the space lawyer, um, if, he, if people don't remember, he writes this column on the site called In Extremis that is basically he examines horror films from a legal point of view in the most like hilariously dry way you possibly he is could. He's a lovely and hilarious human. Um, he has an article up on the site right now called Casper and the Liability for Halloween Parties. <laughs> so there you go check that out also reviews for all jacked up and full of worms which i don't know what that is but it's an amazing title speaking of worms did anybody see heidi klum's halloween costume it was so good oh my god right now everyone listening if you did anything prepare to be amazed i sure did yeah um also review for my best friend's exorcism which that book was so good i still need to watch it we were gonna do in the show and then heard a bunch of people say the movie was bad yeah we have not watched that. I heard it got called it like I've seen a lot of people talking about how it's um very Nickelodeon. And as somebody who is currently rewatching every Are You Afraid of the Dark, I'm fine with that. Mm. So. <laughs> yeah. um, We've seen it. Uh, Colleen was a big fan of the book, uh, and uh, she says firmly that the book was better. I'm sure it always. Was. So next week, actually, I'm super pumped. We're doing Terrifier Two. Mm. Um, I'm a huge fan of the original terrifier you might call me a terrifier apologist if i'm put in that position um and we were going to do this week but we swapped because i want to make Schnars watch it and he's he's never seen either so oh really yeah I'm good. okay so we're going to get a fully fresh Schnars take on terrifier deep bgh lore i the first time i ever wrote in was after your review of terrifier because nice. you loved it so much eric that it had been probably six months as a avid listener since i'd heard you that excited about a movie i was seven months pregnant and could not bring myself <laughs> to watch that movie because i was getting nauseous and just that first one really <laughs> kind of bothered me it's really good very few things do that to me as such a i think we watched it together for your first time right uh believe so yeah so, yeah, yeah for sure but yeah so i love um you can go back whatever episode is after the terrifier episode i'm expecting then, uh trauma levels of response from schneider's that's what I'm hoping for. Oh, I can't wait to hear what he thinks of both of Art the Clown in general. What was the other one? The other episode you wrote into, I think it was Deep Blue Sea 2. I think we were talking about one day. Yeah, I think that's the one I wrote. Yeah, well, maybe it was about Terrifier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. Next up, uh, <laughs> we got a notice from Whitney, who's running the book club these days. November's book club pick is House of Psychotic Women. An autobiographical topography of fee. Okay, so this book sounds great. It's hilarious because it's like a book that one of the characters in this movie would be reading. Like, <laughs> oh, I love it. What is book? it called? What's House it called? of Psychotic Women: An Autobiographical Topography of Female Neurosis in Horror and Exploitation Films by nice. Kayla Janice. This yeah, is the, it's an updated edition. It's really good. This is cool. the first nonfiction book club pick of 2022. So join us over on BGH Book Club Reddit. Um, or on Slack to discuss. Slack members also get to vote in the December book club pick. So join there. If you have any book club recommendations, tweet us. Um, they're on Twitter at BGH Book Club. 
Yeah. So um, they Whitney also had a great costume. I don't know if anybody saw her Maxine. Maxine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can, um, hang out with people on Slack and chat about the books. They do smart book stuff on there. I'm not in there, but I'm told it's great. Um, if you were a patron, like sometimes we get people say, Hey, I'm a patron and like, I don't have a Slack invite anymore. Just shoot us an email or hit us up on Twitter or something. And we'll get that sent out to you too. sweet. That's it for emails, info at bloodygoodhorror.com. I want to give a quick shout out to all of our patrons for supporting the show, keeping us going all these years. Um, thank you for everything you do. If you're interested in joining Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Um, if you were a patron and watched the pre-show, you could have heard our story about asphyxiating gerbils before the show. Oh. Not gerbils. <laughs> What's the other thing? Not gerbils. <laughs> What I have, literally, I have to go hamster. hamster I have thing. to go check on her after we record. Aww. It's like it is imminent. She will Aww. be passing. Um, gross. Also, um, <laughs> I found my I found a dead mouse once and screamed like a, a lady. <laughs> so She's not a mouse. She's my hamster. I know, but still, once animals are dead, I'm like, I can't. Sorry. Like I often Let's wonder. Honest, you have not been wild about to be in her living uh, days. <laughs> I often wonder, like, if. Cause I've never, my last dog I put down, but my childhood dog died on like went to sleep under our couch and didn't wake up. And so like, I always wonder like, man, if I wake up and my dog is dead, like, can it's I touch horrifying. it? Like, uh, do you call like a dog ambulance to come get the body? Like in a movie, do they bring like a bag? Oh Lord. <laughs> no, you just have to take him <laughs> no. to your vet to have him cremated uh, or whatever. You don't want to bury them. Yeah. Hi, yeah. could you guys help me with this? Thank you. Um, <laughs> What the hell were we talking about? I don't even remember. We're about to do Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. It's with Casey. Yeah. Oh, Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> That's how we got on that. So yeah, you could be checking out a an HD live stream of the show right now. Um, seeing all of our lovely faces and checking out the pre-show. You could also get the BGH um, Classics feed. This reminds me, I wanted to keep telling people what's on that feed. So let's take a look. Every Monday morning, um, a classic BGH at any level, you get this feed and a classic BGH show goes out. This past Monday was The Lighthouse. Um, the week before that, October 24th, Boo, A Medea Halloween. It was a classic. And you also get early release episodes of BGH. So I cut those on Thursday night and then they go straight to Patreon. They don't come out on uh, this feed till Friday morning. So if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Um, there's also more there. All right, Casey, what's on Twitter? All right. We've got one tweet this week. Uh, comes from at Erie, Arizona, and it's more of a show question, Eric. So this one's right up your alley. What platform do you prefer us non-Patreons use to listen to your podcasts? I switch between Spotify and Google Podcasts, depending on my daily activity. But which of the many non-Patreon platforms benefits supports you the best? Man, that's a f super interesting question that I wish Schnars was here for. Very thoughtful. Yeah. Can we, can you save that question somehow, Casey, for Schnars next week? Because he's, he's like the business yeah, guy. Definitely. I know that. What I will say is like, I'm not sure that it matters to me. Although, you know, since we're newer on Spotify, since podcasts and Spotify are a newer thing, like if, first of all, like always the biggest thing you can do is give a review. Like five star reviews. Yeah. On whichever platform. Yeah, five-star reviews, especially on iTunes, are super helpful. Um, but if you have done that, the other thing you can do is go rate us. I think, can you rate podcasts on Spotify? Yeah, you can do five-star. Yeah. You just can't write a review. Right. So, like, rating on Spotify would be huge because um, 
there's like 10 billion horror podcasts on Spotify. And like our, if you search horror podcasts on iTunes, our search ranking is actually pretty decent because we have horror in our name and we've been doing it for so long. I'm not sure that the same holds for Spotify. So I guess give us some review, review love over there. It would be amazing. And just like, you know, tell your friends about us. I think that one of the hardest things, um, podcasts sort of go through like growth periods. And I think one of the hardest things when you've been around this long is like reaching new people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Tell a friend. That's it for Twitter. Gotcha. What do you got on Instagram, Eric? Oh man. We got some, some real crazy questions. Might as well start off with the, the crazy one here. Just lots of Pete Davidson stuff, man. People have feelings. Um, if Pete Davidson wants your girlfriend or wife, you just have to let him take them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably. I guess. I guess so. I mean, Kim Kardashian. It's impressive. Um, counterpoint. Why do I want to punch Pete Davidson so badly every time I see his face? <laughs> I don't want to punch. For, I never felt the need to, or the want to punch pete davidson seeing his face because he always looks kind of sickly he does he does yeah. I, I can relate to that he um he does like kind of have a punchable face though and i feel like he might be the yeah. first person to tell you that like he's very it's one of the things that i think is endearing about him is that he's very like self you know well, there was that whole um thing viral back and forth between ariana grande and like the internet about like somebody put some comment on one of her photos on Instagram about like, why are you dating this dude? His eyes look like assholes or something. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then she like goes under and it's like, he has the biggest dick I've ever seen. And also he has Crohn's. That's why his eyes look like that. It's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh man. Like I learned a lot. From that Instagram <laughs> post. Yeah. Like his standup is really funny. And a lot of it's about just how weird he looks and how people are yeah. like, you look weird. Yeah. Um, I also like when he jokes around about how much New Jersey hates him. (laughs) Related, would Pete Davidson make a good Freddy Krueger for the next reboot? (laughs) Interesting. Um, That is interesting. I'm going to say no if Jackie Earl Haley couldn't pull it off. (laughs) Next up. Jackie Earl Haley does a great job. I just think you can't be. It's just a bad script. The movie kind of, yeah, I don't know. Can you be, can anyone else be Freddy Krueger? It's a really good question. Like, I think you might have to wait till all of us are who remember him are dead. All right. <laughs> Start over again. <laughs> if you could only eat one fruit for the rest of your life, what would it be? Fruit? Mango. This is a really good question. Cause in my head, I was like, are we talking about purely taste or utility? Banana. Because oh. if you're talking utility, it's banana. For me, you said that I was like banana because no matter where I am, like it's good, it's clean, right? If it's taste, I'd have to go. I'd go grapes. Taste, I think I would say mango. Yeah, I would say mango or maybe watermelon. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I get get sick of watermelon. But like, I feel like if it's the only fruit for the rest of my life, the texture of mango would get Mm. like I'd get. I'd want something crisper for a fruit. Yeah, here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. You literally never know what you're getting with a mango. It could be really ripe and super sweet. Apples consistency. It could be really ripe, right? But that's what I'm saying. It's like three or four fruits in one. It could either be really ripe and super sweet. It could be a little tart. Sometimes they literally taste like pine trees for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Sometimes they taste like marshmallow. Like you got a lot of different options. What did I just find out was a fruit the other day? Carrots. Wait. 
Was that right? No, no tomato. Tomatoes no. are fruit. Maybe it was. It's literally <laughs> totally showing my idiocy right now yeah. from my child's book that we got at the library. And I was like, you don't say. Like, <laughs> uh, when will BGH review Terrifier 2? Your answer is next week, friend. Next week. Did Pete Davidson win you over here? He did for me. Yeah, yeah I think he, yeah. Already, he already had me. He already had me on his side, I think. Plug it up pod. Our friend Caitlin says, doing a podcast is a lot of work. I love the Alice character. <laughs> It's so funny because before I had seen the movie, I saw somebody post on Instagram asking about like, what's the hardest part about doing a podcast and all these responses I looked and were all about like Google calendars, like how hard it was to do a Google calendar. And I didn't get that they were making oh, a reference. Funny. Oh, okay. so I was just like, <laughs> funny. why is everybody saying the calendar is the hard part? <laughs> That's fun. Here's a good one. Um, not about Pete Davidson. I'm actually skipping over Pete Davidson questions at this point. What's your take on the Friday the 13th prequel requel series? Are you guys, did you guys hear about this? What? Did. Somebody yeah, has yeah. greenlit with the like full rights holders <sighs> a Friday the 13th prequel series about like Mrs. Voorhees at like the camp. And it's directed, it's being put together by Brian Fuller under A24. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean that all sounds pretty great. That sounds I very Bates Motel. I hope that. I guess I'm intrigued by the A24 part. I don't really yeah. care about yeah. a prequel to Friday the Thirteenth, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't something I was like hungry for, but now that I know that it's being made with these people, I'm kind of interested sure. to see what it might be like. So, is the yeah, question is, is it a lead up to like one mass murder, or do we find out that she's like? A, a secret okay, well, psycho who question. kills people probably because you have to i mean there has to be murders in it right yeah but it, but it could before. be like a slow burn like every prequel series Ooh, i feel like be like serial mom i feel like, like i feel like every prequel series though are, is like a slow burn where the thing you actually want to see happens in the last episode actually that would work, that would work out pretty easily because it could be pamela's reaction over reaction to people mistreating Jason before the incident at the lake, right? That's oh, right. That's what I'm saying. Maybe man. it's like um, and in 20, and mom, how she gets mad about people's like hedges and shit. Maybe it's yeah. like somebody like, <laughs> here's a, like yeah. look at him the right way at the restaurant or something and she's like, yeah. here's a great question though. In 2022, how do we approach the Jason character. This is a good <laughs> question. The character which they literally refer to in multiple sequels as a mongoloid. Mongoloid, yeah. yeah. Oof, not I forgot great. about that. That's a tough one. I think you exile that part. You just it's like, part two in particular because it's when they're introducing Jason and they're trying to like build this idea. And so there's this bar scene where they're all pontificating <laughs> about Jason and like the R word is used. Like it's, oh, it's a it's whole, hard. It it's really a whole is. thing. Yeah, just like, it's a hard R. Um, where is this one available to watch? It's like you can rent it from anywhere. It's on. It's also on Screenbox. Um, What's available? Where, where's what? This movie. Bodies. Sorry, we're, oh, back. Huh. we're back to bodies. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, is Rachel Sennett the best thing to ever happen to the film industry? I don't know who that is. So she played Alice, I think. She's the podcaster. Yeah, the podcast. Uh, oh, gotcha. One. I thought she was I've only, great in this. She but. was great. Um, I, I, t I feel she has a rapid fan base. I'm not sure what work it's based on because this is the first I think I've seen her. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I acknowledge, but she was good. Here's a personal question: What's the most annoying thing about your body? Hmm, I get acne. Back. 
<laughs> yeah, that does suck. Like I would just say the fact that I'm like really close to 40 now and everything's starting to work less well mm. than it used to. Yeah. Like I get injured so much easier Same. now. Uh-huh. Same. Hey, so in the last year, I've developed like really horrific sciatic pain that like just affects my, affects my, my whole body. <laughs> yep, it sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. That nerve yeah. pain. My, my favorite's my back. <laughs> oh, easy, it's, easy. Yeah, it's awful. One of my friends that's older than me, we were working on a project recently where we were sitting cross-legged on the floor and I got up first and she was like, it really did my heart a lot of good to watch you try to get up from <laughs> on the floor. It's like, boy, that used to be easy, you guys. <laughs> it's just the noises, like everything now it's like, oh, like you gotta like, get, I get it now with like tennis players, how they like, mm, like do the noise to like hit harder. Cause like everything I do, I have to, make I mean, when I like, get up, noise. when I get up and I have to go like walk across the room, I would describe my gait as like puttering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Heidi, my daughter the other day was like, why when you get out, get this thing for, like, I was reaching for something, she's like, why do you go, huh? like, <laughs> did the noise? And I was like, stop. I need to stop commenting <laughs> on anything. Basically, you tell the truth too hard. Don't do it. <laughs> we were someplace a while back with the uh, family, my sister and her family and stuff, and I was... Colleen was sitting in a chair, so I was like, I'm going to sit here on the floor next to you. And she's like, you're not getting up. <laughs> I used to have no like, idea what adults meant, though. I just be like, "What are they talking?" My about? um, <laughs> when I was a kid, actually, he still does this. My dad, like, because his back would hurt, and I guess it made it feel better to lay on the floor. So I he would like he would get a pillow and just lay flat backed on the floor while mm-hmm. we were watching a movie, fall asleep in five seconds, and just be like snoring through the whole movie. Yeah, my dad did that too. <laughs> I've tried it with my own back problems thinking my dad did this all the time and I tried it and I lasted like maybe an hour and there's, it does there's not. no inhale. <laughs> yeah, my my like aunt who has back problems sleeps on like a board. She has like a board yeah. on her like mattress cover thing. I don't know. Yeah, I remember my dad sleeping on a piece of plywood on the floor. Oh my goodness. Seriously. Science. It's yeah. different now. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to go to physical therapy for hurting my knee and one of the things that they have you do as you get older is like sit on the floor and then they make you get out up without touching anything oh. without using your hands <laughs> yeah. at all. And it's surprisingly difficult. No, it's, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I yeah. I'm, yeah. I've been wondering if physical therapy would help with a sciatic pain. Yeah, there are things they it can, can do, like yeah. nerve flossing and stuff. Or like, uh, I don't know, acupuncture or something. Stretching helps. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't. I mean, I stretch all the time. I don't know, man. All right, last question. Would you rather spend 48 hours in a house with a killer or a house full of influencers? Killer. <laughs> Casey, Casey's like, <laughs> no contest. Yeah, I'll take he it. Immediately, Pace are going to hang out. <laughs> I'll I take mean, who's the killer? Am I their flavor of like murdery? Or <laughs> are you going to be the victim? Or can you just like chill <laughs> with this murder? <laughs> like, Do you want to team yeah. up? I don't want to hang out. With like uh, Sebastian Stan and Fresh, yeah, I don't feel like that go well. No. All right, that's gonna. Wait, I have a question. Oh sure. <laughs> uh, one of my listeners sent in a question for you guys, so I, I love thought it. I'd read it. 
Um, his name is Eddie. He's one of our uh, patrons and he's guested on our shows a couple of times. So his question was about bodies, bodies, bodies. And I think uh, Casey will especially appreciate this. He said, how can an old guy like me figure out it's satire? I mean, literally, I have no idea what is it Gen Z is about, how they interact or what their social economic statuses are. So are there tells I should have noticed to tell me it was satire? Hmm. FYI, I am so old that satire in my day was blazing saddles, which makes me deeply uncomfortable <laughs> even to this day. <laughs> wouldn't blazing not, saddles wouldn't blazing saddles state for the record i did not send that email <laughs> wouldn't blazing saddles be more parody um, uh, it was satire, when it came satire. um here's what i will say is like understand it, it helps in understanding this movie if you spend an enormous amount of time on twitter yeah like Which I don't. that's why that Pete TikTok Davidson too. joke is so funny because it's so true. Like TikTok as well, right? So like especially if you're if you're happen to be roped into like mental health TikTok, yeah. Like so much of this language is like yeah. so much of this language and people just like diagnosing each other, right? right? Which exactly. both annoys the crap out of me and also makes me insanely jealous because we all just grew up in the fucking wild, right? right. With no <laughs> you can talk right. About so it I all. think like it was yeah. woo woo if you went to there. Like, I think the I satire remember. comes from a generation that's like so plugged in, yeah. so online with social, and so now exposed to like this sort of um, here. Here's what. Everything about love and acceptance and loving yourself and acceptance of your feelings and all this stuff is great, except you still have to find a way to connect with other people. And I think in the wrong hands, that kind of language can turn you into like more of a narcissist. Right. And so like, yeah. that's what we're seeing here is a bunch of really self-absorbed people who, who, have used, as well. who have used oh, the language mm -hmm. of healing and mental health awareness to just become more self-absorbed and like less yeah. concerned with what other people are going through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, your idea of uh, liking that to, you know, if you've been familiar with tw uh, Twitter, TikTok and stuff, that's a fair point. And especially like talking to me, how I didn't connect with a lot of it. I still don't get TikTok. I have no <laughs> interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> and I haven't been much on Twitter for a while either. So here's you know, the irony. Here's the irony. Is I recently went cold turkey on TikTok. I haven't been on it in almost a month because like, I actually think it was like I'm very having a negative impact on my mental health, ironically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've, I'm off of it now, but I have enough of it to where this movie like made sense. Yeah. What were you going to say, Elizabeth? It's a good question, though, because, like, you could watch this whole movie, and if you haven't been exposed, to I guess maybe I take it for granted. Things. I take it for yeah. granted how online I've been, even though, like, what is interesting, like, in my life is like I'm still old, and I don't like run in those circles per se. But it's like I am. Um, social media allows you to be a passive observer of it. So like if you and follow you, enough, you don't realize how much like you absorb of the language and the attitudes yeah, and sort of the, yeah. And I also, I vernacular of it until you absorb it. Yeah. Right. It's like self, it's like subconscious without even realizing it. And I also at one point was in like a hardcore gaming phase, like a, a few years ago and followed a ton of like gaming influencers. And they're so like, this language yeah. is so of those people that like, yeah. I see, yeah. you know, that's the interesting thing, like, about there being no monoculture anymore. We, mm -hmm. 
we're so used even to our little siloed from other people. We're so, but I also yeah. think that we're so used to our little silos that we don't even, mm-hmm. even the people who are aware that there is a silo, like, I don't know if it's easy to be aware of just how siloed off you are. It's almost like when you start having the conversation with somebody else about what their TikTok looks like or what they think the big issues <laughs> yeah. are that you're like, oh shit, we're like on different worlds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like the end of Wally. Like everybody has their little like pod they're floating in. <laughs> right. No one has to talk <laughs> anymore. <laughs> That's so depressing. But yeah, you're right. And then you get bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> but yeah, I think if you if you're not spending time online on social media, like I have uh, nieces and nephews that are in that Gen Z age group, so I think that helps too because I'm literally interacting with people that age on a regular basis. But if you don't have that, then I suppose it could be more difficult to tell that it's satire, and you'd have to go more through like the tone of voice and right, stuff right. to tell you that they're exaggerating. I things. do have a 10 year old nephew who does nothing but watch Minecraft streamers and calls everything sus. So I'm, I'm basically an expert. That's what it's mad funny. sus. That's what he says. Uh, <laughs> I love it. All right. That's going to do it for bodies, bodies, bodies next week. Terrifier two. Um, Ariel, where can people find you? Yeah, so I am part of the Zombie Girls Horror Network. That's G-R-R-L-Z, like Riot Girls. We have a bunch of different podcasts on there, including More Deadly. That's the one where we talk about women-directed horror movies. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest and just did a co-host job for me reviewing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So you can check that out. We also interview directors. Um, You can keep an eye on our feed. And I think next week you'll be able to see uh, an interview that Rachel and I did with Rachel Tallow who directed oh, Freddy's nice. Dead, The Final Nightmare. It's a really long one. She's amazing. And it was I super will, interesting to get all the behind the scenes stuff. I will forget. Will someone email that to me? Because I'd like to see that. Because I she's right. super, yeah, absolutely. She's, absolutely. she's super interesting. <laughs> um, and uh, and then uh, Elizabeth and I tomorrow are going to be reviewing the new episode, like this week's episode of the Chucky series on the Horror Script podcast. So you can see yes. us there too. Cool. Yes. Love it. And Elizabeth, where can people find you? Uh, but online, I'm Final Girl Scout on Twitter and the Instagram. Um, on YouTube, if you search Cinemondo, uh, it's just how it sounds, C-I-N-E-M-O-N-D-O. Um, I've got lots of videos with those fine folks uh, reviewing content, reacting to trailers, etc. It's fun. And social? And, and here sometimes. Socials? Yeah, Final Girl Scout. Twitter, Love Instagram. It. Casey? I'm on Instagram. Casey, or no, cinema.fromage. Casey's my real name, not my Instagram name. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, um, if you're interested in following me um, for more uh, positive life affirmations, you can check me out, Eric BGH. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and also, um, Hi Fi. If you search HY-FY band on Twitter, I'm there. I got some new music that just came out for Halloween. A little track called You and Your Friends Are Dead. Just a fun, you know. It's a banger. Thank you. Just a fun uh, little synth wave track for Halloween. So check that out. Um, HY-FY on Spotify. I actually am in the middle of um, producing some more stuff right now. I hope to have more out soon. So there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for bodies, bodies, bodies next week. Terrifier two. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you then. Bye guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>